and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today, filling in for Jeff Harding, who is out on vacation this week, is my co-pilot, Michelle Graves. Michelle, how are you doing today? Kyle, I'm fantastic. Good. Maybe not as fantastic as Jeff is right now, but <laughs> pretty good. I can't I, complain. You know, I hope he's out there just having a ball. He needs to take a little break every once in a while, and he's taking it this week. So Yeah. He'll have a good time, I'm sure. How yeah, are you, Kyle? I'm good, thanks. I'm actually doing really, really well. I feel good. I, I, I've been fighting a cold for the last couple of weeks, and I feel like I'm finally over it and ready to just like bear down and, and get yeah. get to business. Be alive again. Yeah, yeah. Fully so, functional. I know how that feels. I feel, I feel good, thanks. So, Michelle, over the years on the show, we've tried to talk about a variety of different ways that we can all live healthier lives. That's kind of been the, the focus. Yeah. Right. Personally and through podcasting and all, right, you know, yeah. we're all interested in that. Absolutely. Right? And I feel like sometimes that idea of I want to be healthier can can feel a little bit intimidating to people. They they might feel like, you know, yeah, of course I want to be healthy, but, you know, I, I don't have the time to spend all day at the gym and, um, you know, maybe I don't have the the money to, to pay for a, a personal chef that can cook all my healthy meals for me. And so therefore I, I don't, you know, I, I feel like sometimes we fall into that. Yeah. That kind that, of like go big or go home yeah, mentality. It's got to be all or nothing kind of a thing. And the reality is, is that living the active life doesn't really have to be all or nothing. It, it's just, it's a puzzle and we just got to put pieces together that, that work for us and what works for me may not work for you. And what works for you may not work for me. But there's a, a wide variety of different ways to live the active life and to be healthy. And today I want to share just a handful of simple ideas that, frankly, we could all apply and have a positive impact on our lives and on our health. Some of these are going to feel maybe a little random, but uh, they're just pieces of that puzzle. They're just concepts that I want to share. And uh, incidentally, all of these come from Best Life Online Magazine. And again, I think all of them are things that we could do. Okay. You ready? You've got me intrigued. Yes. No, number one, eat more walnuts. Oh. Now, when I said I've got a list of a few things that we could do, did you think that would be the first one? I thought you'd be a little <laughs> more broad than that, but I like walnuts. Yeah. So that's, so that's fun. Walnuts are actually very delicious. They're also helpful when it comes to your heart health. So they did a, a study this year in 2019. They published it in the Journal of the American Heart Association, and the study found that when subjects added walnuts to a low-fat diet, they successfully lowered their blood pressure. And low blood pressure, as we know, is associated with the reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, and we all want to avoid cardiovascular disease if we can, right? Absolutely. So walnuts. Who knew walnuts yeah. were the cure? See, these are easy things. Okay. These are easy things. This is fun, yes. Uh, number two, item number two. Make new friends. Oh. Also not hard, right? No, it shouldn't be. Yeah. So hanging out with uh, with people, having a lot of friends, they have found just might be the key to our longevity. They did a study in 2005 this time, and they published it in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health. And they found that among the study, and the study included 1,477 people, uh, they found that the people with the most friends lived on average 
22% longer wow. than the people with the least number of friends. Wow. That's significant. Now, I have to just say, you know, we run this little organization that we talk about sometimes. <laughs> Called and, the Huntsman World Senior Games, yes. incidentally. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, you know, we talk about peace, health, and friendship. And yeah. I just must say that the friendship part of our games is what I love the most, to see that. And these are senior athletes, so they must have known that. They're getting it. I, I totally agree. And they've they've done, I, I've read a, a variety of different studies on this concept of social interaction and friendships in particular. And there is something to it. Like yeah. there is something to it. I don't know that we fully understand exactly what happens. It's hormone based and there's, there's a lot of different things going on. But when we interact with people and, and have friendships and have relationships, there is something to that. And uh, it's, it's worth reaching out and being, being a friend and, 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 you know, increasing that social circle that you have. I agree. Number three, this is a, definitely a direction change, but they say that we should monitor our ibuprofen intake. Oh. Now you've maybe heard a little bit about some of the um, effects of too much ibuprofen. It, it's an over-the-counter painkiller. Uh, it's within the the painkiller family of what they call a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. And they're good for helping us when we have pain in our lives. But they do say that they should only be used in moderation. They're finding more and more, according to the National Kidney Foundation, that anywhere from 3 to 5% of new chronic kidney failure cases every year are caused by overuse of these kinds of drugs and seeing as they can damage kidney tissue, um, we want to make sure that we limit our ibuprofen intake. Number four, be more optimistic. Okay. That's, that's a good one, right? That's a great one. <laughs> I love that one. Multiple studies have found that people tend to handle stress more effectively if they believe that things are improving and they maintain a positive attitude. And taking that old-fashioned advice to always look on the bright side of life could be enough to alleviate some of your anxiety and it could help you live a long and happy life. And, uh, boy, you're just going to be better off in the long run, right? Absolutely. Number five, this is not my favorite one, but it is an important one. They say we need to cut back on our red meat intake. Oh, Kyle. I know. I'm so sorry for I you. I know. I love a good steak. But, you know, in all reality, I eat way more chicken and and uh, fish than I do steak. But I You love set yourself up for it. A good steak <laughs> and I love a good hamburger. But uh, they do say we need to limit that. Research published in the Journal of Arteriosclerosis, Thrombosis, and Vascular Biology uh, in 1987, found that healthy men produced 60% more dangerous clotting agents after they ate high-fat meals loaded with red meat and dairy. So we got to take a look at that. And the last one is, I think, uh, maybe one of the best ones on the list, and that is to volunteer. Oh, there you go. It's a good one, right? We need a lot of those for yeah. our games. That's so coincidental how many of the these games. just fall we right do, in. We do need them for the games. But uh, outside of the games, you know, maybe if you're not in the area or if you are in the area and don't have time, whatever. But of course, we everyone love, we love your can help. volunteer. We love your help for but something. Be, being selfless really can benefit you as much as it benefits the people or the cause that you're helping. In 2012, they did a study published in the Journal of Health Psychology. They found that while 4.3 percent of individuals who didn't volunteer uh, were deceased by the end of a 55-year research period. So this was a very long-term study that they did. Only 1.6% of those who volunteered 
for selfless reasons, had passed away. So volunteering can help us live longer. Wow. Volunteering, optimism, friendship, and then those other random things. Yeah, you know. I keep, like it. <laughs> keep on ibuprofen, keep the red meat at a minimum, and, uh, eat, and eat your walnuts. walnuts, right? I love and it. And of course, there's a wide variety of different things that we can do that will help us live a longer and a happier life. Uh, those were just a handful of things, but things that we could and should maybe think about and consider. Michelle, today's guest might have some insights into ways that we can live a healthier life and a, a longer life. Dr. Michael Alpen is a professor of health promotion at Weber State University and is the director of the WSU Stress Relief Center. He earned his Ph.D. in health education from SIU and his master's and undergraduate's degrees from BYU. Uh, Dr. Alpen, thank you for joining us today on the show. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, as, a, as a person who is in health and wellness and health promotion in particular, what did you think about those six ideas to help us live a longer, happier, healthier life? Wow, the, the walnut thing was a new one for me. <laughs> that wasn't on your list, right? I didn't know about that one, but it makes sense. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting that uh, all the things that, research keeps saying are good for us, things that we should be doing are things that people have been doing forever, you know, in our history. And uh, I assume walnuts, eating walnuts is one of those things. Um, people ate nuts, people ate seeds and seem to be good for them. And sure. So good for us now. And the research is now saying, yep, that's right. I, I think you're onto no, something there. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. The, the old-fashioned things that our moms and grandmas have been telling us our whole lives because they're the things that their moms and grandmas told them their whole lives. Mm -hmm. There's something to mm -hmm. that stuff, right? Yeah, that's a really good kind of marker because, you know, there's so many trends in right. health and wellness, especially. so Fads that come and go, right. you know, I like all those that. kinds of things. I like that but, definition. But I, I, I think that, you know, that social aspect and, and uh, just generally common sense ways to take care of yourself, I think, are the ways to go. But today we want to talk a little bit about one of the those things in particular that we can take a look at in our lives that can help us be happier and, and healthier, and that is stress. Now, Kyle, before we just dive right yeah, into that, please. I just want to self-disclose. Um, I'm really excited, Dr. Alpin, to have you here today because my um, degree in college was health promotion as well. And um, you wrote a book called Stress Management for Life, and I actually had that textbook in college. So I just wanted to put that little connection together. Isn't that cool? I think I'm like a secret fan of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be fun to talk wow, about this today. What a coincidence, right? And and I went to BYU what is, for what it's worth. So <laughs> oh, so did I. That's great. Uh huh. Um, what? Uh, when did you take the stress management class? Or use the tech. Oh um, well, I graduated in 1990, so was the it must have oh. been like the first edition, I guess. <laughs> you're on the, you're on the fourth edition now, or something. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> exciting. I, I, I'm happy to hear that. Well, I don't want to spend a I lot do. of time on it. We can <laughs> jump right back into stress, but I just wanted yeah. to, you yeah. know, waste time on the radio and tell you that. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's awesome. That, you know, we talked very, about very cool. human connections and relationships. And, right. You know, that's, Who knew that's why I was going to be here today? It's fun for me. So thank you. So speaking of the, 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 the textbook and the title of it involving stress and how to manage stress, 
Um, let's talk about it. Well, how, how does stress show up for us in our lives and, and what do we do to, you know, kind of deal with it? Okay. So how long do we have? <laughs> um, Never long see, enough. No, the, the challenge is always, because I do teach a full semester long class in stress management and an additional advanced stress management class here at Weber State. And so we have a little less really time than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's really amazing how, how many symptoms that we struggle with today where there's a stress connection. I wouldn't ever say that stress causes any specific health problem, maybe headaches, but what we do know for sure is that stress makes every health problem worse for a variety of reasons. And, and the main reason that it makes all of our health problems worse is because stress, uh, the fight-or-flight response, that we, how we understand it, creates an enormous imbalance in the body head to toe. Every system in the body, every tissue, you know, all the organs are out of balance while the stress response is on, when somebody's in the stress mode. Now, in the short term, that's not a problem. You know, when somebody just is, say, being chased by a bear or uh, or is running along a mountain trail and flips and goes off the side a little bit, the stress response lasts, you know, 10 seconds, and then you're back to normal. And that's okay. There's no problem with that. The problem uh, that we have really is that people continue in the stress, continue activating the stress response for a longer period of time than it is designed to last. And that results in the imbalances over a longer period of time that turn into health problems like headaches, ulcers, can't sleep at night, fibromyalgia. I mean, every single malady that we struggle with in our society, stress uh, plays a part. And I've even seen where uh, I, I saw a recent statistic that said upwards of 85% of hospital admissions right now have a stress component to it. Wow. So it's, it's a pretty serious uh, deal that fortunately you can do something about, but I think a lot of people have a sense that, man, there's nothing I can do. I'm just stuck with this stress. It's kind of like it's happening to me like a virus or a bacteria, but if we understand how stress really happens, then we immediately are able to gain some control over it and even prevent it, I think. So you touched on something that I think is really interesting and, and important. You know, you, you talked about that fight or flight, and we're all familiar with that, that concept and what it means. And you even alluded to, you know, maybe some of our, our uh, ancestors' challenges that they dealt with as they were running from bears or saber-toothed tigers or whatever it happened to be. Um, but mm-hmm. you also mentioned that today, in today's day and age, we we don't let that go. We can we kind of carry that around with us. 
what is it that is causing us to be so stressed? It, it, it makes sense that, you know, once you climb the tree and the bear goes away, that your stress can go down. But what is it about our modern day lifestyle that keeps us in that fight or flight stress mode that, uh, you know, we just mm-hmm. can't seem to kick? Yeah, we can't course correct. Terri- How can we course correct? Yeah. It's a terrific question. Uh, and here's how I would explain it. Um, when our ancestors encountered a threat, a dangerous situa- situation, you tell me, what was their first thought when they saw a bear coming at them or if they were too tired? What was their first thought? We're, we can't curse on air. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. After, after the very first thought, it was, I got to get out of here, right? I got to get out of here or I got to yeah. protect myself. Correct. But the thought before that is the one we can't say on the air. Right. It, it sounds something like, uh-oh. Oh. Right. <laughs> um, and that thought, which is actually a conscious thought, it's a choice that they had, but they recognized, I'm in danger. I've got to get out of here because if I don't, I'm going to die. And there's something that our ancestors figured out about being alive that was a good idea. <laughs> right. And so um, so that thought is what activated the next step was the fight-or-flight response, which made them super powerful and super fast right now so that they could either run faster than the bear or beat the tar out of it with their red Flintstone golf clubs or whatever. They right, had right. Superhuman adrenaline. Um, Exactly, exactly. The whole, the whole body is designed to be really, really fast and powerful after they have the uh-oh thought. And it was only designed to last about 15, maybe 30 seconds at all. Oh. As long as it was designed to last, because that's how long it took our ancestors to get away from the dangerous situation most of the time. It didn't take very long. Yeah. Um, now, to answer your question, if you fast forward to now, we, we live most of our days where there's very few physical threats. And the, the stress response was only designed, going back, the stress response was only designed for the single purpose of keeping people alive in the presence of a physical danger. That's the only reason why we have the stress response as part of us. Now, when we look at our, our society and our culture and our, uh, you know, the life that we live, on a day-to-day basis, we have very, very few dangerous situations that we encounter. You know, we, we think we have dangerous situations, but most of the time, we're, we're pretty safe we're pretty and comfortable. Safe. Yeah. But here's, here's to answer your question. Whenever we say, uh-oh, like we did back then when we encountered, when the bear showed up or the saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> whenever we say, uh-oh, our body doesn't know that it's not a bear. Our body can't see outside of us. Our, our body systems, our, you know, our endocrine system, our adrenal glands, our hypothalamus, they're not looking out here going, that's not a bear. 
They're that's just, just a that's just a Facebook post. Our, our, <laughs> say that again. That's just a Facebook post. That's not a bear. Exactly. But if our conscious mind, if our higher order thinking includes anything that sounds like uh oh, our body still thinks it's a bear, and so it automatically activates this physiological response the same as our ancestors did. And the problem is today we say "Uh uh-oh all day long to stuff that couldn't possibly hurt us. Yeah. Like the Facebook post or I didn't get enough likes or I didn't get enough this or she looks at me weird or I've got to speak in front of all these people tomorrow or I've got to race in three days. And I'm not ready for it. All of these thoughts that we have are uh-oh thoughts, and our body thinks, oh, you must be in danger. And the only way I know how to handle a dangerous situation is fight or flight. And so that turns into a chronic state of imbalance rather than the short-term, you know, immediate, and then it's over kind of imbalance. Yeah. I think and, I think you've painted a pretty good picture of modern life and and how we yeah. do carry around all that stress. We, we've got about two minutes left. Um, what are some tips that we can apply to help us de-stress and just you know set it to the side and and eliminate some of that fight or flight response that we carry around with us? There's so many good things. Um, if we want to uh, prevent the stress from happening, then that's that involves being more aware of our thinking. And the best thing we can do in that respect is just kind of what you alluded to earlier, is think positively, think gratefully. It's impossible to be grateful and stressed at the same time. But, uh, to some, but we also need things that help turn the stress off. And some of those things include exercise, which is, probably one of the best things because then you're actually following through on that message to run or fight. As long as you um, don't encounter a bear. A I'm yeah. kidding. Go on. <laughs> exactly. Um, we teach things like uh, meditation and yoga. We have a lot of um, programs that involve um, guided relaxation where the bo- that actually just take the body out of the stress mode. Um, other things include, you know, hobbies, things that invite us to be mindful. Um, we, uh, <laughs> anything that you can do that keeps your mind in the present moment, uh, enjoyably automatically turns off the stress response. The whole concept of mindfulness is such a powerful one for uh, I love the the idea of um, enjoying the moment and getting into the moment and exploring the wow of now. I like and that. The wow of now. I, I like, like that. that too. That's great. Yeah. Because you can't, because whenever we're angry or upset or we're always thinking in future or past, but when we put ourselves in the moment, our body recognizes Oh, you're safe. Okay, good. And the more we can do that through meditation or hobbies or just 
being with friends, that's one of the reasons why I loved what you said earlier about friends. Is, um, when we're with friends and we're safe, we our body recognizes, oh, good, I don't have to turn on the stress response now. Yeah. So That's awesome. That's there's awesome. There's a lot of great things that we can do. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for those uh uh, that that information and and those great tips. I think the the big takeaway for me is that we do get to control that. It's it's a conscious decision mm-hmm. that we are capable of making. And and as you said, whether that's hobbies or or yoga or or exercise or whatever it is, it's something that's within our control. Doctor Alpin, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, and sharing your expertise with us. We appreciate it. It is my pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Wonderful. Michelle, it's June. I know. It's almost July. I know. We're almost there, which means that it's time to register for the Huntsman World Senior Games. You can do that at SeniorGames.net. It's very easy to do. And before you know it, you can be one of our 11,000, more than 11,000 athletes who will compete this year in the Huntsman World Senior Games. The dates for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. And uh, we'd love to have you be a part of them this year. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Of course, you can subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. Michelle, our inspirational thought for the day. You ready for this? Drumroll. It's a good one. Life is short. Excuse me. Life is too short to be anything but happy. Very nice. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.